You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Friday Five, my weekly topical nosedive into the world of well-being, brought to you from across the seas, all the way from Kenya. So that might just explain the occasional delay or dip in audio quality. I hope it doesn't happen, but if it does, I sincerely apologise. Well, I am recording this from the coast here in Kenya, so you might detect the rustle of the palm trees blowing in the breeze, the chirruping of the songbirds, or even the call to prayer from the local mosque next door. It is a truly fabulous location, I have to say, and I'm only sorry I'm not able to share more of it across the airwaves, but I have been keeping my personal Instagram pretty well popular with pictures on my stories. Now you will find me there as Lizelle Me if you'd like to take a look and it's been so great to connect with many out here and especially those who've had many an African adventure sharing their experiences or their stories across social media too. Well I'm certainly taking my time here to take advantage of the amazing locally caught seafood down here on the coast sustainably fished using the old-fashioned pole and line fishing method and not eating the fish or the seafood that have been dredged up in vast unsustainable quantities indiscriminately from the bottom of the seabed which is such an incredibly destructive process. Back home actually I always look for line caught on the label of any fish that I buy. And here, well, I mean, that's just pretty much a given. And eating just a couple of decent-sized portions of the oilier kinds of fish each week has been shown to bring about significant health and well-being benefits from improved heart and cardiovascular health to mental health and cognitive function too. Well, there's even the Dr. Perricone three-day diet for glowing skin, I quote, which advocates a daily dose of salmon and sardines. Yeah, actually twice daily, not to mention several eggs. And all this for better looking skin and a way to beat the bloat, presumably by being very low carb. Well, this diet promises a visible difference to your skin in just three days, as well as a change in how you feel. The idea being that eating salmon and all sardines twice a day allows for the benefits of something called DMAE, which is a substance in oily fish that acts as a brain enhancer and a building block for the neurotransmitter called acetylcholine, which supports the muscle tone. 
in both our face and body to take effect. Well, if you're interested, you can head over to his Forever Young website. And I must say, I do like eating low carbs with plenty of healthy fats. And I'm a big egg fan, as you may have gathered by now. So I might actually try giving this one a go or maybe adapt my own version. Watch this space. Well, talking of diets, back home, I have read that Janet Jackson has been in the news this week revealing how her brother, Michael Jackson, used to tease her about her weight as a child and call her all kinds of unkind names, damaging her mental health at the time and being a part cause of her ongoing eating issues and weight fluctuations in later life. She admits now that she is an emotional eater seeking refuge and comfort in food, showing that it's not just us mere mortals that curl up on the sofa with a tub of Ben and Jerry's. In fact, if anything, the more high profile you are, the more likelihood it seems to be that you might suffer from some form of disordered eating. Well, food can be a powerful driver of so many mental health conditions, as we know. And in fact, in the current issue of the Lizard Wellbeing magazine, we discuss this very topic with a brilliant feature written for us by Jane Clark, the nutritionist who specialises in supporting teenagers through anorexia, bulimia, and the more newly named orthorexia, an obsession with so-called proper or healthful food, often triggered by the more irresponsible side of social media. The article is well worth a read, and actually it triggered a lot of interest across my wellbeing community. So I have invited Jane onto my podcast here for a more in-depth discussion and to continue a deeper delve into this disturbing subject that is affecting just so many right now. So Jane, a really warm welcome. I'm so delighted that you found the time to join me across the continents uh, to talk about this because the feature that you wrote for our current issue of the magazine has been so incredibly well received and unfortunately, I guess I should say, is so popular because this whole issue of teens particularly having disordered eating and just stopping is so frightening as, as a parent or a grandparent or a friend um, and just seems to have been so worsened by the pandemic. Why is it that our teens in particular are so vulnerable to eating disorders? I think we only need to look at social media and see the pressures that young people and really shockingly, we're not just talking about young girls, you know, we're talking about young men as well. Um, the the stereotypes, the pressures that social media puts on a young person to supposedly look this perfect way. And I'd also say to eat this perfect way. You know, we have the reason I in the magazine have called it disordered eating is because we're not just talking about the classic, what we'd say is anorexia, where we know the skeletal looking, very emaciated looking young person we know bulimia is can be someone that looks that way and equally is sort of hiding and purging themselves shockingly. But also where we see so many of the clean living influences, they are driving this whole area of what we call orthorexia. And that's really where young people are frightened to eat, eat anything that isn't supposedly clean eating and they're vulnerable. And the COVID pandemic has made the whole eating issue a real, it's a nightmare for them. And 
within the NHS, we know we've seen a 47% increase in NHS referrals. And this, that's people who are referred to the NHS for help. So and that's the oh tip of the iceberg. Goodness. Yeah, I mean, even getting a referral, I know, is, is incredibly hard. So to have a 47% increase is really just so shocking. And there's so many things that you've talked about there that I'd, I'd like to cover off. I think, first of all, let's start with sort of the basics of how do we spot somebody who has got some form of disordered eating, whether it is orthorexia, anorexia, bulimia? What are the kind of the, the telltale signs? Because from experience with friends and, and others, teens and anybody with disordered eating can be incredibly cunning, can't they? And can be very manipulative and, and clever in hiding this condition. And in essence, the pandemic has done us a favour with this because pre-pandemic, you know, I'm a mum to a teen young, she's in her 19, Mara is 19. And as you say, with friends pre this time, Teenagers can be really cunning and they would have historically been able to get away with all sorts of changes in their eating and we never would have spotted it. So for parents, actually, That's some, really true. some people have spotted things that they wouldn't have done before, because if they're leaving and going to college or to school, you didn't know really what they were eating or what they weren't eating. So it might be and I'm, you know, I'm eternal optimist that we're, yes, with the referrals, maybe we're seeing the this sort of real concentration now of people who were struggling and now it's all come to light. So therefore we can do something about it. But as to how we spot, say anorexia is a disordered relationship with food that typically would mean that your teenager loses a lot of weight. So in a short period of time, so they can be, they can become very weak, lethargic, down, they've lost the weight. But I'd say that what's shocking with anorexia is that because so many people were historically teenagers were carrying too much weight, it might not be that they now look emaciated, but their body's gone through an enormous change so that they have lost a lot of weight. They might not look skeletal, but you know that they're not eating enough and you notice that they're not joining you with mealtimes, they're classically doing that excuse of oh I ate before or I'm not really hungry or mm -hmm. I'm too tired or I've just got to do homework in my bedroom I haven't got time to eat I'm doing online studying so you just notice and you clock that hang on they didn't have any breakfast they haven't had any lunch and yeah maybe they're just saying oh I just need something light in the in the evening so anorexia yes the telltale sign is often weight loss but you'll just see that they're skipping meals. They're not really engaging with you over food. Mm -hmm. And then when we come to bulimia, um, again, what you classically have seen would have been a young person would have the meal. They could binge. So you might find that they're eating an awful lot in one go. And then they suddenly just disappear to go to the bathroom and then they're making themselves sick or they're using laxatives and their body's becoming very depleted from losing a lot. But again, Liz, rather mm. like with anorexia, you you can be a bulimic and no one would really spot it from anything from the outside. But you just notice that this habit of always disappearing straight after the meal is a bit of a tell sign, tell sign that's worrying. 
Mm. No, I, I have friends of mine who literally have had to follow their daughters in particular to, to the loo after meals and listen and then, you know, go in and even, you know, I, I, some some young girls can have managed the art of being sick incredibly quietly. Um, and But, you know, you can go in and you can smell it and they brush their teeth straight after going, you know, upstairs, perhaps to the bathroom to disguise the smell. And, it, you know, it's it's such an invidious and controlling condition, isn't it? And one that I think people find very hard then to talk about because I know that there's been such denial, you know, absolute point blank categoric, no, I'm not doing this, no, this is not affecting me. How can we kind of gently coax the teens or the young person that we might think might be, uh, you know, doing this kind of thing or having this this kind of issue? How, how can we kind of broach the subject in a way that's not threatening and that can open up conversations rather than close it down? I think one of the greatest lessons I've learned as a parent, and I've certainly through looking after many families going through this is that stepping back and taking so many deep breaths before you engage in the conversation because fight or flight within any parent's emotional state is you know I'm panicking I can see that my young person is going through a really difficult time we've got to sort this out we've got to bring in the experts we've got to confront it head on um, and what happens then is you get denial and then you're more likely to lose them to more of the secrecy. So a big thing that I've talked about in the article is one of the greatest lessons I've learned is that trying to open that dialogue, discuss it, maybe talk about a little bit of your own experience as a teenager. If you maybe have had issues with eating yourself or you've had someone that's close to you in the past that's had a disordered eating pattern. So opening up that to say so that your teenager sees that you've gone through something that they might empathize with. And so you're, right. you're doing it in a way of let's talk about this. Let's just see. I've noticed that I just wonder if you're happy and I wonder if. The sort of food that we're trying to eat as a family is what you would like to eat. Because I also think that where our greatest, our, our, our panic sort of instills this habit of wanting to feed up our teenager. You know, if you, particularly if you've noticed they've lost a lot of weight and you think, right, we've got to sort this out by fattening them up, you know, getting lots of calories, you know, starting to put cream, butter, fried, all of that. And there's no way that ever is going to solve it because at the end of the day, disordered eating had a deep-seated fear and a psychological element that I think the better way to go about this is to explore, could it be that you could eat lighter as a family that still means that right. your young person joins you in the food? And drinks and things can be really helpful can't they so not not only just eating but having extra calories through through drinks perhaps yes so they can be smoothies that you can augment you can add you know different almond butters nut butters into smoothies so you can get an extra protein you can do the milky based drinks that again they might feel more comfortable having a drink maybe whilst they're sitting and watching netflix or whatever Again, just try and take that pressure off the meal time, because if you're expecting right. a parent 
that they come to the meal table, that you sit and have a great meal and skip into the sunset happily ever after. You know, that's not going <laughs> to happen when there are so many different emotions, mm. fears, and our young person picks that up. You know, they will absolutely. Yeah. And also, oh, as, you, as you hinted earlier, Liz, there's a huge element of control and deception. And again, one of the greatest lessons I've learned in parenting is to try and step back and just try and keep calm, think of the long game. And if a young person that I'm looking after in my clinic sees that they've got their real hooks into manipulation, then they will run with it. Whereas if you can try and just, oh, you know, it is easy for us to talk about it today. It's so easy, isn't it, to, to say, you know, step back, to take a breath, relax. But when you're in the middle of it and, and you see your precious child just shrinking before your very eyes, it's absolutely devastating. How, how do we distinguish then, do you think, between a, a genuine disorder and just a normal level of, of a teenager worrying about body image and food in general? I think that's a really difficult question. I think that one can only ever compare how one's teenager was before. So if you're seeing that perhaps their style of dressing has changed so that they start covering up their body more, they don't have the confidence yeah. perhaps to yeah. do shopping in the same way to share it of course fingers crossed we're now moving into a stage in the pandemic where you can go out and you can buy clothes and you can actually see rather than it all being oh, online please yes um, oh yes please yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and and share that moment and then you can notice little telltale signs of that so maybe the style of dressing has changed mm. maybe that mm-hmm. again I think experimental changes in eating and cooking are part of being a teenager. You know, I don't want every parent to be panicking, thinking, oh, they've started to eat in a certain way. We must be heading for an eating disorder crisis. I think food is one area where a teenager can start to experiment. And another Mm -hmm. thing I'd say is try and see if, if you can stay connected with your young person through cooking, that is a great thing mm-hmm. because mm. the whole element of your relationship with your young person and food is about trust. And if they don't trust you, that what you've said is in the food actually isn't in the food. So I definitely am against sneaking things in to food because once you've lost that trust, that's very hard to repair. Whereas one of the greatest things I've done in throughout my work over the 30 years of looking after teenagers with all sorts of eating issues is if you can engage them through actually cooking with them, they then can see what goes into the recipe. They have a bit of control over what goes in the recipe and they can see your joy of eating. Because also I'd say, yes, the pandemic has meant that many of us have eaten together like we've never done before because life got in the way. I'd also, I'd also say it's really great for you to eat the same food as your teenager because if they don't eat see you eating the food that you want them to eat, then they're thinking, why should I do it then? 
And also what, what I find with my kids over the years, and, you know, I've got five ranging from 31 down to 11. So we, we span quite a, a, an age range. And I've had four go through teenage years and, and one yet to, to do it is that whenever I've wanted to have potentially slightly difficult conversations or slightly awkward things, having a distraction like peeling carrots or chopping onions or whatever gives you something to focus on. You don't have to make eye contact and you can chat through something together in a kind of a spirit of camaraderie uh, without kind of sitting across the table and eyeballing them and, you know, being accusatory or, or you know, trying to raise a difficult issue. So I guess that's another possibility, isn't it, of to open up conversations? Yes, over food or equally, I think, some of the hardest conversations I've had and they've come to their best point are in a car. So you're driving. So actually mm -hmm. you can just again be distracted by the scenery and this old Victorian thing of sit down, let's have a conversation. It could, I, I think you're exactly <laughs> right. You know, let's just dissipate it. And also dip your toe in with a conversation and just try and do a little bit at a time and then just revisit it. Don't think you have to have the big waterloo moment you know it's yes. if anyone ever thinks that you're going to just yes. break down a wall in one go that probably isn't the way to go about it just start it continue and just but don't equally hammer all the time it's frightening when you know that and you can see that your teenager has an issue to want to solve it there and then but just try and just see the long path see if it takes us a week to have this conversation it's a week well spent. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I think that is brilliant advice. And I know from my own experience, having had to have numerous <laughs> difficult conversations about all sorts of things over the years, just even raising the subject of 
maybe we could talk about this or perhaps you'd like to think about that, you know, without any resolution and, and as you say, dipping the toe into the water, invariably one of my children has come back a few days later or possibly even that evening and said, actually, do you know what, mum, I've been thinking about what you said and you know, dot, dot, dot. And that's how it's continued. And that, I think, has always been the more successful approach rather than just sort of coming in with a sledgehammer and saying, right, we need to talk about this. We need to fix this. You need to do that. I'm not happy with this. And and it kind of brings them into the conversation and I guess gives them some power over it, which is also really important. Yes, because you've got to give them a bit of power over something. And I also think another way of broaching it is sometimes writing and just writing to them. And then they have an opportunity to read that letter, to think about it and turn it around for them. Just one of the greatest things is that with eating, a lovely gesture is to say, I want you to be happy in yourself with food. And food for us as a family or as a couple or as a parent is such a big part of affection and love. And I'd like you to help me understand. And that opens a conversation. Gosh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'd, I'd like to share with you, actually, an experience that I had with somebody many, many years ago. And it was when I was a, a junior health and beauty writer and I found a therapist who was very much into colonics and fasting and and I was writing about it and I thought well this sounds interesting you know I'll go along and I went along and I used to see her for, for various treatments and she was quite intense and she wore this two things actually that, that made me think of this story talking to you one is firstly what she was wearing because she wore very very baggy sweaters you know really thick thick baggy sweaters so I had no idea what her body shape was underneath you know all I saw was this big lump of I remember it used to be this bright blue sweater that she would wear when I saw her which would come almost down to her knees you know and then there were boots that came up and you know met her knees going the other way and also she was very much into you know food fads and excluding certain foods being gluten-free lactose-free dairy-free the benefits of colonics and all of this and you know I was in my 20s and I kind of took it all I guess pretty much at face value and I was completely shocked when a few days after one of my last um, meetings with her I had a call from her sister to say that she'd actually sadly just died and she'd been admitted or readmitted as I discovered to hospital with anorexia and her sister was going through her appointment book looking at who she was in touch with to let them know and I was completely shocked and, and it really made me realize how these things can be hidden and I guess what really reminded me was you talking there about clothing but also it makes me think, when it certainly made me thought then, about how all these food fads that we see and, you know, whether we're looking at colonics or extreme fasting or excluding various food groups or going vegan or going gluten-free, I'm not in any way suggesting that that applies, you know, as a blanket rule, but it's, you know, is a potential um, cover, if you like, for some kind of excuse as to why somebody might not want to sit and eat with you or might not want to or be able to eat the food that you've prepared it's quite convenient isn't it to say oh I'm sorry you know you, you put a bit of butter in that so that means that I can't have it what's what's your experience with that oh I concur with all of that and that you know we've we've all had very sadly those instances where the eating disorder has been disguised and no one's really noticed because they've hidden it and one of the 
actually greatest sort of misnomers we have about anorexia is that we don't realise that it is catastrophically toxic for the body. That, especially also with bulimia, is you can starve yourself to death and people don't realise that it goes so far and then medically they cannot turn you around. You know, your, your body can have lost so many essential minerals and vit uh, vitamins and nutrients that people die within days of being readmitted into hospital. It's not, you know, they, they can't turn the ship around. It's not an immediate thing. It's, And I'd also say one of the real downsides of being able to order anything on the internet or go into a shop um, is buying laxatives and overusing laxatives. And that means that your young person can be catastrophically deplete of essential minerals. And that's not to scaremonger and to say that every young person who's using laxatives has a, an eating disorder, but I would say it's a warning. It's a little conversation starter. Is there something that we could do food-wise that could help you with your gut if you've noticed that there are piles of laxatives in the cupboard? Because that is extremely serious and I'd, it's, I think that the fear that so many of the social trends of eating puts inside a young person's head over, you know, if you took notice of every article that was written to say, you know, bread's a demon or dare is a demon or, <laughs> you know, you mustn't go yes. near it. It's, this is, it's, it's morally and ethically wrong. You know, this is, because it's hard enough navigating your way through teenage years when they're actually taking notice of the real facts, you know, let alone all these sort of false alarms over, you know, food causing so much illness. Of course, you know, I wouldn't do what I do and you wouldn't do what you do if you didn't know there was a huge relationship between eating really well and helping your body to feel at its best. But take that to its extreme and if you notice that your teenager is following someone and maybe is so frightened to eat anything that you're eating as a family, that's the point to start a conversation. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I'd just like to pick up um, briefly there. You mentioned about vitamins and, and minerals. And I think on one of the, the, the more positive notes, perhaps, of our conversation here is I have firsthand experience of using high levels of things like vitamin D, uh, which has dramatically reduced anxiety and, and changed relationships with food. And, and we discovered this and I know many friends have also taken nutrigenomic you know genetic testing that looks at how your body is processing certain nutrients and what I hadn't realized is that vitamin D is actually more of a hormone than a vitamin and it's crucial for the creation of dopamine and serotonin which are happy relaxing hormones in the brain and I have read some studies that show that um, in a certain percentage of those with eating disorders, they can be genetically very low in vitamin D or, or poorly able to process it and transport it. And it could be that something as, as simple as having higher levels of vitamin D could transform somebody's, the way they feel, the way they feel about themselves, 
reduced levels of anxiety and that then translates into better eating. And I wondered if you had any experience of nutritional protocols that could help here like that. I definitely agree. Vitamin D is really exciting. And what I like about it is that the scientific research is really sound and it's a very easy fix for someone who's both a parent and also the young person to start that conversation. And that can be a way that you can, as a parent, start that conversation just to say, look, have you actually seen, this is interesting, research that, you know, taking a supplement of vitamin D, D3, cholecalciferol, that's the most efficient, is a, a good way of just seeing if we could possibly just boost it. And that can be something that you can do as a parent as well as the young person so that you could take a supplement that starts the conversation and then you could notice that the anxiety around food gets less because I'd also say that our young person has to have a way of showing that they're anxious you know so hopefully it's you know it's easier if it's food than self-harm or drugs you know they've got to find a a little red flag to show us that they're struggling with an element. So if by taking a vitamin D supplement that starts to ease a little bit of the pressure in the pressure cooker, then it means that you can then start and think, well, are the foods that I could naturally take? So that can be a lovely smoked fish. So that could be something like making a simple smoked mackerel pate with some smoked mackerel, some yogurt. And that could be that then they could eat that with raw vegetables that you can start to think about wellness and nourishment instead of the other trap that we can fall into is just thinking it's all about weight and you know gosh we could spend another podcast talking about weight and how outdated and how destructive it can be because find me a woman who doesn't have an element of an issue over their weight either way you know, so if we're then oh, planting that yeah, weak either seed, way, yeah, yeah, one way or another. Yeah. So let's not, you know, if it's yeah. nothing else, yeah. let's make this about how can we enable our young person to feel nourished and to feel good about putting food inside their body. That should be the overall premise. And that vitamin D is a really good place to start. Mm. And then presumably the reason that you mention smoked mackerel or, or, or fish is to, to help with the omega-3s, because I know they're so important, obviously, with brain function as well. Definitely. And the good news with that is that you only need oily fish like, like mackerel, like salmon, tuna, sardines, a couple of times a week. And we're talking about a portion which is the size of your palm. So it's not like you're having to you know, force too much of a specific food. And that helps correct omega-3 it also contains vitamin D, so you're getting from one food. You've also got good oils within yeah. that. It tastes lovely, and it also enables you then to have that with some foods that your young person might be happy eating. And working with those foods that they're happy eating is much better than forcing that that closed door to get them to eat chips and fried foods and force them to eat a cake because that's also a mistake if you think oh they've eaten a cake they're absolutely fine well you know we know one food is never the solution to it no absolutely and then having gone through so much of this if we still 
are aware that there is a significant issue, at what point do you think people need to seek professional help and how do we go about finding these professionals? And I wish I was more <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's only I find it heartbreaking. I, I had a patient the other month who, as you can imagine, going through all the trauma of actually going with your young person to the GP. And this particular patient was in a really difficult place and the GP basically didn't take anything at all seriously and just sort of washed their hands and just said okay we'll go to casualty because the mum was so frightened that her daughter was in such a bad place and this is me not me knocking the NHS Liz you know they, they, they do amazing things but the the outcome of that casualty visit was a, the Be Happy website that was the is that referral. It? And this is because mental health services are under huge strain. So I would, I have a saying throughout my professional career, he or she who shouts loudest are the ones that get noticed. And I'm not saying that you should shout at anyone in a practitioner perspective, but you've got to be, you've got to be firm and getting to the point where your young person has opened up and is open to getting help you've got to drive that with them. And I would say that as a parent, you being the juggernaut along the side and just saying, it's not good enough to have a telephone consultation. You know, eating disorders are serious. And if we don't address them, they can be catastrophic. So have that confidence as a parent to say, no, my young person needs help. And thankfully there are amazing charities and wellbeing you know, resources out there that even if the GP in the or the practice nurse in the meantime can point you in in touch with different helplines, that can be an immediate source of help. But equally, you know, my website is here, my practice is here, whatever I can do to help any parent or young person, I'm here. Fantastic, Jane. Well, I'll make sure that we put all those details in the podcast notes and Thank you very much for taking the time uh, to talk to us and just bring a little bit more of your article to life. It's lovely to have you as a regular contributor in the magazine and, and to share so much of your experience. So I hope that your practice uh, does not stay at all busy. I hope that you have no patients to see uh, and can go and retire happily into the sunset. But I sadly fear that's going to be some way off yet. But <laughs> thank you for being with us today. A real pleasure, anytime. Oh, lovely to talk to Jane, a very special person, as many of you have commented after reading her article for Lazare Wellbeing magazine last year, especially the article she wrote about caring for her father's eating during his dementia and how she founded her Nourish Drinks company to help support his health through better nutrition. Well, you can follow her at Nourish by Jane Clark on Instagram or nourishbyjaneclark.com on her website for more details. And you can also see details of these drinks. They're lovely, actually. Delicious, highly nutritious drinks. Excellent for topping up nutrients when it's hard to eat good meals for whatever reason. And I know my eldest daughter, Lily, does find them especially useful during and after a migraine attack when she has difficulty cooking something nutritious from scratch.
Well, if you're interested in some of the nutritional support that we talked about just now, you will find details of the LifeCode Nutrigenomic reports that I have personally found so very helpful for both me and my family over on my website, lizardwellbeing.com. Just head to the Liz Loves page and you will find all the details there, including decent discounts on a couple of very good supplement ranges that I particularly like. You've got money off ranges, including Better You, Vitamin D3 supplements. These are the ones that I take, as well as the excellent Bear Biology range of omega-3 oils and supplements, particularly useful if you don't like or don't eat fish, including the best algae versions for vegans and plant-based eaters. Well, that is just about it for this week. Do join me over on Instagram if you'd like to follow more of my Kenyan adventures, and I shall look forward very much to being back in your ears next week. Until then, go well. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.